This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Coming in your ear holes. October 1st. We smash it 10 yards tonight. A buck we call pickles. A south wind pushing us back to the zag. Better stand on our back. Set it out and see what happens. You on it? Huh? That's the air going out of me. Absolutely drilled in. And boom, he said, Good buck. We'll get my buck, then we're gonna go get homie's buck. It's been urban peace as hell. Got him. Pickles is dead. Kevin Gates, both kills on hanging hunts. My first public land book. Nice work, dude. Look at that. Triple brow on the right. I'm digging that. Fucked out October 28th. An absolutely incredible season. Here we go. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Coming in your ear holes. Talking about the turkey time, baby. Um, we got Billy Barnett on. Dude killed a bird in 49 states. <laughs> um no turkeys in Alaska, unfortunately. Damn it. Um, devastating news. We should have asked about the Hawaii bird. State. Yeah, I was going to ask him about the Hawaii bird. I, I totally spaced. That, yeah. And then I was going to ask him, you know, are you going to go for the Mexican bird? Because mm. I feel like that's the next step. Maybe he's yeah. already got it. But you can only ask so much content one time. You know what I mean? So, right. But we know it's turkey time. Um, we are deer hunting podcast loving ear hole filling content about whitetails 90% of the time coming at you with turkey um we found billy seen his story and uh wanted more people to see it to be frank um and what a, what a better way to have him come on 
tell a story and talk some turkey content, turkey tips and tactics from a guy who's killed them in every state everywhere. you can kill a damn turkey. It's literally so, everywhere. <laughs> uh, pretty cool. But uh, let's get into the people that make this possible. We're going to get into the show. Uh, going to start off with Ride On Optics, guys. Um, seen a post the other day. They're out Instagram on their turkey hunting. And uh, Ride On isn't only a scope, bino optics they have red dots um i would love to get a nice red dot on my turkey gun um something about the consistency of shooting once you once you put a red dot on a shotgun and you shoot it and then you go to back to the old style you're like yeah. ah, it just ain't the same so um on those red dots you're still getting that lifetime warranty and that same customer service where if that thing breaks you're getting a brand new one shipped to your house ready to go so um, get on the website at rideonoptics.com and check out that. What else you got? All right, we got Exodus Trail Cameras. Uh, if you guys have missed this past month of um, what we've been reading on here as far as ad reads goes for these guys, giving away trail cameras left and right. Um, these All these cameras that they have are backed by a five-year no BS warranty that comes when you buy that camera. And cameras are something that often get changed out pretty quickly over time but when you get an exodus trail camera you know you're going to have that camera for five years so head over to their website exodusoutdoorgear.com and get you one and then you will have peace of mind you'll be able to leave that thing out there just switch the batteries and the cards in it and you can literally leave it on the tree for five years and it's going to be covered it's incredible i know moving on to last breath tv um if you just like this episode, if you guys are wanting some turkey content, they got five years of turkey episodes on there, and uh, that should be able to tide you over here to get you through the rest of the season. Um, also with them, guys, they are sharing their Outdoor Edge code with us and their code for Underwarmer with us. I'll be dropping that down in the show notes with the uh, website. You should just be able to go right there and uh, use these codes on your purchases. And All right. Badlands code, if you want it, DM us. And uh, that's all I got, bud. All right, guys, let's get into this episode and uh, hear a little bit from Billy Barnett. All right, we got Billy Barnett on from Turkey Hunting USA. Uh, how you doing tonight, Billy? Hey, I'm doing good. Thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. i uh seen your, your story on Facebook there on your page. And I was kind of blown away. I actually think I might've seen you tagged in another hunting page or something, but um, got to reading and was like, wow, this is pretty incredible. Uh, and wanted to have you on. To, more people need to hear the story because it's something that I don't think very many people have ever done, let alone heard of, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's uh, honestly, I've, I've never, I've heard of it, but I, you know, didn't think much of it, you know, 10 years ago so uh, kind of something it's kind of it's really sparked in the last few years several years uh since like everybody i talked to now is wanting to go get a u.s super slam so it's kind of something that's really caught on nice i know homie he's the turkey guy in this group he <laughs> wants to get the uh the what what is it a slam when it's the five birds homie what is that called um uh, the north america slam because you got that mexico bird yeah okay so that's so homie homie wants to do that uh in the future he's already started on getting the mounts for that going um but this 
just this is a whole new level. This is a U.S. <laughs> lamb. We're talking 49 birds on this. So uh, go ahead and give the uh, listeners a brief introduction of who you are and uh, what you do, and then we'll get into the story. Okay. Um, my name is Billy Barnett. Uh, I'm from Kentucky, and uh, I work for a power company here, local power company. Um, I'm a lineman for them. Uh, I started turkey hunting probably when I was about 14, I guess, at 94. Shot my first bird in 97, and uh, it, ever since I started, man, it just kind of just the birds intrigued me of just like the gobble, um, you know, the run and gun style hunting, you know, you could go with your buddies. You can just so, you know, you're not just sitting there all day, you know, it's, it's just something totally different. I deer hunted, and, you know, this was kind of a different type of hunting to me. And then I just really enjoyed it. So that's kind of what got me going on this and, uh, you know, got me into turkey hunting, I guess. So, yeah, just nice. like you yeah, said there. Definitely a... Go ahead, homie. I was just to say, just like you said there, that's kind of the one thing that really um, got me in, intrigued in it. As I deer hunted a couple years, um, sitting with my dad, going with him, and getting to see you know the camaraderie there. But then turkey hunting, like you get a, you don't really know where that deer's at, but a turkey, you get to know his location for the most part, at least you know for the good first hour or so of the day. And that really excited me because I was like, man, you know, he's, he's within a hundred yards. I'm, I'm close here, you know, hopefully I can just call him out. And that's the other aspect of it too, that I like is like, you get to be interactive with the birds. You're not just trying to be there and be quiet, you know? Yeah. I, just the calling, the gobbling. I mean, uh, you can make something happen. I mean, if there's, you know, if you don't hear anything or nothing going on, you can get up and take off and try to make something happen. You know, I, I just enjoy that. And, um, I'm patient when I need to be, but you know, I, I, my patience runs out too. So I'm, if I'm not having any luck. I'm ready to get up and go somewhere else. So we just had this conversation last time we were out turkey hunting. Um, I think that's why I don't like turkeys is because you know, you're like right on the edge of being in the game. Like, okay. When you're deer hunting, you never really know. You got, you kind of have a good idea you're in the game but you don't really ever know but like if you're out turkey hunting and there's nothing gobbling on your property you're kind of like man I'm, I'm out the game like deer hunting you're like you're just sitting there like thinking possibly it could happen but when you know that the turkeys are like five six seven hundred yards you're like ah <laughs> really ain't got it going on and there's nothing really i can do and then when they are a hundred yards gobbling you're like okay i'm in the game i'm in the game and then when it doesn't come together you're like, man, deer hunting, you're just sitting there waiting for something to happen. Turkey hunting, you're you you kind of know what's going on for most of the most of the period. So I think that's why yeah. I don't like turkey hunting as much as deer hunting. <laughs> well, you can uh, you know, just when you least expect it, it can turn around turkey hunting. I mean, you can literally you can go from nothing, I mean the lowest low to the highest high turkey hunting. Um, you know, you could shoot and miss one. Five minutes later, you can find another one, you know, get on him and get him. But, um, yeah, it's, it's part of the, it's, it's a, it's definitely an emotional roller coaster. I mean, it's, it takes, you have to mentally be ready to do this. Uh, you know, it's not only physical, but mentally you have to prepare for something like this. So, yeah, there's nothing worse than feeling like, man, I'm in the game in the morning 
they're hammering, they're hammering, they fly down, everything's silent. You see them go the opposite direction. Then you're like, now what? Like the decisions got to be made. If you have a bad morning deer hunt and you're like, okay, you know, I'll just sit here a little longer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something might happen yeah. in, you know, mid morning, but turkey hunting, you're always trying to decide what to do, different property, make a move, find one, try to strike one up. Uh, so definitely, a, I feel like there's a lot more chess pieces to turkey hunting a lot of the times than deer hunting. There's, yeah. there's decisions that have to be made kind of mid mid hunt. Um, but you, uh, you, you accomplished the U S slam 49 birds. Um, uh, go ahead and go into the story of wherever you want to start and finish, man. I'm excited to hear what you, you know, the whole thing. Okay. Um, I guess it all started, uh, probably in 2016. Um, my buddies, I've always, we always talked about going and getting a grand slam, which is the four subspecies here in the U S and, uh, you know, I never could get anybody, everybody, I never could get everybody on board at the same time to go on these trips. And, um, I finally just said, well, you know, guys, I'm going to go with this year with or without you. I, I, you know, we're not getting any younger. We got to do this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the first trip, uh, the first place that I went to was Florida to get my Osceola. It came in the earliest, you know, in March and, uh, went down there, um, was able to get my bird there. And I planned on going to Kansas and, uh, Nebraska and South Dakota to finish out the rest of them. And, uh, and of course, I hunted here in Kentucky. I uh, got my eastern here, and then uh, I went to Kansas. Was able to get a Rio, and then went to South Dakota and got my Merriam there. And uh, up until that point, I'd never really been past probably Missouri, I guess, in my life. You know, farther west than that. And actually, I just got back from out west, like a three-week trip. I mean, I loved it out there. Just couldn't wait to get back, and uh, kind of opened my eyes up to what else is out there besides hunting in Kentucky? You know, it's, that's just what I was used to. I would hunt here, kill two birds. And then I was done for the turkey season. Uh, might go to Tennessee and hunt. You know, we started doing that uh, about 15 years ago. But uh, after those birds, after we filled those tags, we were done for the year, you know, me and my buddies. So um, kind of really set me on fire once I figured out Hey, you can buy more tags in other states and go do all this other stuff. And even the next year in 2017, I really didn't think about, you know, I, I, I read into, you know, I, I saw my name on the U S or on the uh, grand slam list. I registered my birds. And uh, so I started looking around at the other slams that were listed on the NWTF uh, website. And I saw the U S slam and you know, it intrigued me. I, I was like, man, that's unbelievable. You know, these guys have done this, and, you know, and I, I, I really like a challenge. I mean, that's what I've always lived for. And, uh, so, you know, it kind of went through my mind. I was like, there's no way I can travel to all these States. I've barely get out of Kentucky. You know, I don't even like <laughs> going to Florida for vacation. So, um, <laughs> but so I thought, you know, that it kind of danced around in my mind. And then, um, I started playing in a few states for the next year, and um, man, after that, I started. I, I just had really good luck. I mean, I'd go out find birds, was able to get them. Started counting, you know, how many states I had, and uh, 
I was like, well, this is starting to add up a little bit, you know. Uh, and then the next year, I just kept piling it on. And I turned, you know, we, you know, I, I'm limited on time off work, too. And, uh, you know, I would try to put three-day weekends together. You know, I'd take off a Friday and a Monday, take off four days and travel to one of these states and try to hit two or three at one time if I could. And uh, it just... Man, I just had really good luck everywhere I went and uh, just uh, kept rolling with that. And next thing I know, I was like halfway through this thing. And, um, you know, it kind of just, I just kept going. You know, I thought, well, I've already made it this far. So I just kept lining them up and taking off and hitting states. And before I knew it, I was, you know, knocking on the door or getting this thing finished. So. Yeah, I'm assuming like the first dates, you know, those are probably the easier ones to get. And then those last 25, that was the kind of decision. Like, you're like, man, I'm halfway through. These next 25 are going to be some doozies of of places to go, you know, and, and trying to make it time. But how you started in, you kind of started in 2016. So how many years did it take you total to do? Uh, seven years total. Um, started in 2016. I think I hunted uh, Florida, Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky, Kansas, and uh, South Dakota. So I got seven states my first year. Um, so uh, I just kind of kept going from there, you know. So. Did you double dip any states along the way? You're like, man, I'm right here, so I might as well just go ahead and hit this state again. Did you ever do that? Um. You know, I was in Maine, and uh, where I, I shot a bird right at daylight, and I thought, you know, I, I, I pretty much, the rule I had was I'll get one bird, and I'm leaving, I go to the next state. You know, as soon as I killed a bird, I was packing my stuff and thinking how many miles it is to the next place, <laughs> you know. How long is it going to take me to get there? And um, I shot a bird right off the limb in Maine, and the guy that I was with, he had, uh, he said, well, man, there's some more goblin. He said, you want to you wanna try to get you a second bird? And I was like, I'm, I'm going to run to Connecticut. They closed at 12, 12 o'clock, and I needed that state. <laughs> and I was just trying to maximize my trip the best I could. I wanted to get all the New England states in one trip, if possible. And because uh, I thought, I mean, that's, a long, that's the longest drive I've ever made by myself, ever. And uh, so I was packing myself up, getting ready to leave, and one hammered down like, 150 yards away and i i thought well i'll, I'll try him for five minutes see what happens <laughs> and sure enough man I, I called he was hammering down and he came in i ended up getting two that morning right there and uh packed all my stuff up took off and i mean when i was doing this i mean i didn't stop and smell the roses i mean i was burning the roads i mean you know it, i didn't let up it kind of drove me to do this really to get me through it it was a goal that I was, you know, I could see it out there and I just kept pushing myself. And, uh, but that morning I was actually able to get to Connecticut. I think I got there about, it was probably about 1045. I had about an hour and 15 minutes of shooting time left. And uh, as soon as I got out of the truck, I just pulled over, got out and heard a bird gobble. I was scrambling to get all my stuff together. Uh, got everything together, took off and got out there and I was able to get that bird before the shooting time ended. So I ended up getting three birds that morning. And I mean, <laughs> it was pretty cool. So 
Yeah, that's one good thing about those eastern states. They're small, so you, I mean, you, you ain't got to drive too far to get to the next one. Not like out no. west, where you got to drive a full day to get to the next state if you're on one end of it. So yeah. So Montana yeah, from they're... one end to the other is a booger. I've done it, man. That that is brutal. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when you're setting up your hunts, are are you mostly on public land or do you have a bunch of connections that you've built up through time or kind of are you going with some outfitters, some places that are a little more difficult or kind of um talk about how you're setting up your hunt. Okay. Um the first couple of years I just set these up um on my own. Uh, Florida, I did go with an outfitter uh, uh, down there. Uh, the rest of the states that year, I just took off on my own. Uh, I did do a, I, I did talk to, I just met a guy in Kansas and uh, he said, hey, we got some land out here. Come on out and hunt if you want to. And uh, so I did that. But the, the farther I got along in this thing, I made more friendships and acquaintance and uh, you know, had contacts and they're like, Hey, do you need this state over here? And, uh, you know, give me a call and point you in the right direction or whatever. So it, it kind of got easier as it went along. Um, uh, it was, uh, you know, you, I don't know how many people I've met on this, doing this quest. Um, I, my phone is full of numbers and I just, I mean, it's just, uh, I could probably, I probably have somebody in every state now that I could call, you know, to uh, talk to and, get some advice or tips from so uh, so the, it does help the farther you get along in this thing uh, you know you're going to meet a lot of people doing it and uh, i'm still meeting people i mean uh, everywhere you go there's you run into turkey hunters and you know most of them are pretty pretty good guys and they'll share with you and uh, they're not going to drop you a pin but you know uh, you can talk back and forth and and kind of point you in the right direction. Uh, most of the time we try to help, you know, everybody's trying to help each other. Just mm -hmm. trying to do something like this. So, yeah, yeah, I know out in Nebraska, it seems like, you know, for, to go out further West, there's turkey hunters, but there's a lot of turkeys. So it's not, seems like it's easier to, to get access. Um, around here, I feel like turkey hunting's easier to get access to. Uh, there's a weird thing and we're in Illinois. There's just a weird thing with guns. Like if you said, I'm going to bow hunt turkeys, I think you get access like all over the place, really. I mean, if there wasn't someone on there already, deer hunting is yeah. different. People are a little weary about deer hunting. I don't know what it is about that, but um, turkey hunting, we seem to, and I feel like there's less turkey hunters around here too. There's not a lot of, not a, a lot of turkey hunters, but there's not a lot of turkeys around us either. So that's a good thing. I I, I, I go up to uh, like Minnesota, Michigan. And uh, I found a couple of places I really enjoyed hunting up there. And I've been going the last four years, I guess now. And uh, I think that I've asked five people in Minnesota, five different landowners for permission to turkey hunt. And every one of them told me yes. And some of them are telling me, well, I've got a farm down the road if you don't have any luck here. But I feel like if you ask them to deer hunt, that's like asking for a social security number. I mean, mm -hmm. those guys, they don't want you messing with, your, with their deer. I mean, that's... No. But uh, yeah. but turkey hunting, they just they're pretty open. They let you hunt. So yeah, I actually saw yeah. a video this week, and uh, a guy was going up through Michigan, and I think his final destination was like another two hours. But he seen these birds right off the road, and pulled up to this house that was right next to it, and they didn't own it, but the guy who lived across the street owned that land. So he went across the street, 
he got permission to bow hunt. Guy went out there, threw up a tent in this open pasture, and then um, he had the camera in the blind pointing back at him. And uh, birds hammering like literally 35 yards away. Guy said he hunted for 26 minutes, killed two birds with a bow, and then he's showing like the setup Jeez. outside uh, and uh, the blind. And I mean, it is just like in an open pasture, the most ridiculous thing that you ever seen with two with two hen decoys out there and killed two turkeys. I was like, in 26 minutes, I was like, just unbelievable <laughs> luck. And the guy saved two hours drive time. <laughs> yeah, that's how it can go sometimes. I mean, it's just you know. It's it's unbelievable how quick your luck can change turkey hunting. Yeah, you get on the right bird that's fired up, or good morning. You know that's that's the thing about our season. We talk about it a lot. For a working guy, you really get the weekend to hunt because I know you you've hunted Illinois and you had to buy a week the five day tag or whatever. And then most of the time, one of those days is either windy or raining, so you really got maybe one decent day to hunt <laughs> per tag. And if they ain't on, it's it's hard to kill sometimes, you know. And uh, just like you were limited on vacation, and you're like, do you want to take vacation to turkey hunt or do you want to take vacation to deer hunt? So we normally gravitate towards the deer hunting on the vacation time. And then the family takes up a ass load of it as well. But uh, what what do you think was your hardest state? And kind of tell us the story why you believe it was that. Okay, um, Mississippi is definitely my was my hardest state. Um, I made a couple trips down there. Um, I went the first time I went, I went on an opening day and I hunted for three days. Never seen a bird. Uh, I, well, let me take that back. I saw one Jake, but I never heard a bird. Never saw any hens. Not much sign. Uh, tons of hunters. I mean, the hunting pressure was crazy. It was on public land. Um, I'd actually took my boat down there and I was trying, you know, I found a lake that I wanted to access and I thought, well, I can get away from some hunting pressure that way, but it didn't matter everywhere I went, there was still people. So kind of just pulled a boat for nothing. Um, I, I, I quit on that state for a little while and went and hunted a few others. And, uh, I actually made a trip back and I hunted Arkansas first. And I actually took my boat back on this trip. I, I, I hunted out of the boat quite a bit if I was able to. Uh, I, I just love hunting off the lake. It's you get out there and, you know, you can hear so much. You know, it's all wide open. You can get to them fast. And uh, so I took my boat back and I hunted Arkansas, got my bird there, made it back to Mississippi uh, the next morning for the uh, to be there at daylight and hunted till about lunchtime i was beat i mean just absolutely wore out and i came back to the campsite and i was gonna go get me a, a place to stay for the night and uh, set up my tent and all that and uh, a park ranger there he uh, he saw me coming in and camo and he said uh, he said you know he asked me if i had any luck or anything and i said no i said this place is killing me down here he said uh, he said i'll tell you what he said i'm getting ready to go to lunch he said uh, come back and meet me here in about an hour. He said, he said, I'll show you where I've sent turkeys last week. And he said, maybe that'll help you some. And uh, I said, absolutely. I mean, I was ready to go back and take me a nap, but I perked up and uh, I came back and met him and he took me out 
And sure enough, we saw one when we drove by where he where he was you know, showing me to hunt, hunt at. And uh, man, I I couldn't thank him enough. I went parked and jumped out and took off, and uh, I was finally able to get that bird. And uh, but I still not yet still not heard a bird gobble in Mississippi. Uh, it's just a tough place. I don't know. It's tough for me. Uh, you know, everybody told me Louisiana would be the toughest, and I shot one right off the limb. I mean, first day, I was I just went in in the blind, picked an area on on the map, thought, well, this would be a good place to start. Went in, one was gobbling, made a few calls, and he came running to me. I mean, I was like, it shocked me. I mean, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the way it goes. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, it can, it can go either way, you know. So I really like that boat tip. I think that would be. That would be that'd bring a little more excitement. I think about where I grew up, you know, homie, I talked about oh, it. Yep, yep. I was hunting around the lake and you could always hear him gobble on the other side of the cove. And you're like, man, I got to go all the way around this cove and go back around. But if you were just in those coves on the boat, you could make some quick moves and decisions. And we say it every year, but I need to get, I'm going to get homie down there on that ground where I grew up. It's just, when you have that much public land and the honey pressure is low and there's so many birds, it's just so cool. There's just, you got so many options. Um, I'd yeah. probably fall in love with it. Turkey hunting again, if I went down there yeah. and then wanted to go every year. Um, my, my grandma uh, messaged me the other day, homie, and they were in a tornado warning. They said they had seven toms in the bottom bottom hammering <laughs> yeah yes. that's southern missouri for you right there yeah <laughs> but right out in the food plot she said you could see him from the house i'm like yeah that's there that's southern go. missouri for you right there so, yeah well billy uh, um with going to different states and stuff and hunting the different species everywhere um, have you really tried to change any of your calling tactics at the different birds or are you kind of just sticking with what you know? Um, I pretty much just, it's turkey hunting to me. I mean, I, you know, some of the birds, uh, out West, they travel farther, uh, you know, when they hit the ground. Um, but as far as the calling, I mean, I really just do the same thing that I've done here in Kentucky. I mean, it seems to work everywhere I go, so I haven't changed anything. Um, you know, the only thing you really have to change is the terrain, I guess. Or for me, that's what I, you know, I, it took me a while to get used to hunting open terrain, you know, like in Kansas or uh, Nebraska, you know, you can see for miles. I mean, you have to, uh, you know, you have to use ditch lines and creeks and stuff like that to sneak around. You can't just take off walking through the woods like I can here, um, so that was probably the biggest uh, thing for me to adjust to was just the different types of terrain and how to sneak around and that, you know, that type of uh, aspect on. But other than that, that's all I've really changed. Uh, you know, the rest of it was just her hunting to me. So. Nice. Um, were you doing most, when these birds, were you killing most of them in the morning or midday or was it a mix of? of everything um it was a mixture um when i was out of state or out of town i mean i'd hunt from daylight to dark if it was legal uh, you know you don't really have anything else to do so yeah um so i would stay in the woods um you know if 
in the, after the morning, if once they stop, stop gobbling, you know, I would walk and call or if I found an area that had a lot of sign, you know, I would, sometimes I would just sit up and just sit there for hours, just wait and, you know, and just till you hear one gobble again and then you can take off. But, uh, you know, it's just, you just have to learn to be adaptive to, you know, so many different places because uh, everything, you know, it's just, uh, uh, what I always said was if, if something's not working, you know, don't throw an anchor out and sit there all day on it. You know, try to change your luck. Just get up and go somewhere else and do something different. You know, I always think there's a turkey goblin somewhere right now. So that kind of keeps motivating me to get up and, you know, keep uh, searching for, for one that'll work. So, yeah, I don't know how many times we've said it. I bet you every turkey hunter says it. I just need one more goblin. Just one <laughs> goblin is all I need. <laughs> yeah. Just one goblin. I just need one rip. That's all I need. And, and then it never oh, fails. Yeah. Like after about 40 minutes of being quiet, you're like, man, just one more. You're always asking for one more. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he gobbles one time. Like, okay, I'm still there. Okay, now I just need one more. Need one more. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish there was some kind, of, some kind of magic button you could just hit use it like three times a day just to get one more gobble. Yeah, that'd be nice. nice. <laughs> need to start saying, all right, I need three more gobbles. Yeah. I don't need one more. I need yep. three more spaced out over time. <laughs> keep going. Need it's to know this guy's like, coming in. Yeah, not only you know he's keep coming in, but it gives you that little boost of faith, you know, where you're like, okay, I'm still still in the game. He's still out here. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's the worst that's thing. You, you to... know they're out there, too. You're just like, why can't I get – um them to rip so i want to ask you this uh locator call what what's your go-to locator call you've had the most success with um to be honest i don't use a lot of locator calls i mean i have in the past i've used owls and crows uh, but normally i don't i just let them kind of wake up and do their own thing um you know it's seems like i just i don't know it's probably just me but i just feel like that it kind of lets them know hey something's not right here you know somebody i keep hearing this owl and he keeps getting closer and closer you know or a crow call um so i i normally just let them do their thing and kind of just let it be as natural as can be you know i've had good luck with that i mean um you know i, I do walk and call you know and you can strike one up and get them to gobble that way um but as far as just using a regular locator call i, I very seldom do so I was watching a video a couple of days ago and uh, the guy was talking about, you know, trying to get one fired up midday. And he was like, I don't use locator calls because he's, I'm not trying to get one to shot gobble. I'm trying to find a turkey that'll work with me that, that wants to respond to the calls. So he's like, I only use a slate or a box call when I'm trying to locate these birds. Cause if I get one to hammer on a crow call, and won't respond to me on, you know, on a regular call. I'm wasting my time because you don't want to work anyways. So he was like, if you have the property and the space to move, only use, you know, a regular turkey call instead of a locator call, which I've never really heard anybody say that. And that's pretty much the opposite of what I, what I do. Because I feel like once you get one to gobble on the turkey call, he's coming and you got to decide what, you know, how, how you're going to set up when you get one on a crow i feel like you have a little bit more time to decide if you can go you can push in closer or you're going to set up here um but it made sense the way he was saying you know it you want to find one that's going to respond to the call instead of just you know a shot gobble 
Yeah, I mean, before I call, like if I'm walking and calling, I always look around and say, all right, there's a tree right there I can set it up on. Because I, I, I don't know how many times I've walked up one hammered down 100 yards from me. I mean, you're scrambling to find a place to get down. I mean, and, and I would say that 90% of success is your setup. Uh, you have to have a, a good setup to uh, be successful turkey hunting. I mean, they're, you know, the calling and stuff, yeah, that's that's important. But when they start coming in, you know, they're looking for you. And if you're not hid well or if you're sitting right out in the middle of a logging road, I mean, they're going to bust you. So it, it can ruin a hunt pretty fast if you don't have the right setup. So I, that's what I always try to do is look around before I make any calls and make sure that I've got a place to get to if one does gobble pretty close. So I think yeah, I, every year, every year, that's our problem, man. It's the, they're in shooting range. They're right there or it's just set up. The, the setup gets us. They don't really spot us, but we're in a low spot and they're out on the, you know, in a low spot in the field. And we don't even know they're out there until they're going back in or, we got a guy in between where we need to shoot and where the turkey is. Uh, the blind's not yeah, set up correctly. Blind. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of – we're having a lot of mishaps where we're on birds. They're just not our setup. Like you said, that's probably the reason that we're not killing them. Uh, how? What's the furthest you ever seen one fly out of the roost yard-wise? Uh, <laughs> I've had one <laughs> – I've had – pretty good ways I, i've seen them fly off a cliff line before all the way down into a big field uh you know in the bottom uh, i mean i'm thinking like 500 yards before but uh, yeah we had I've seen the reason them. i asked that is we had one <laughs> this last year right homie yeah yep we've been trying to kill this same bird for like three or four years and we finally had one one morning he said he was in the tree till i don't know how long he was in there forever yeah, it was like um, 10 to 7, so it was a good, I mean, hour past when he should have flown down. <laughs> just hammering, hammering. Yeah, we weren't calling. He's still hammering. He flew down the opposite way, hit the ground, and ran. I have no idea. But this this instance, same bird, same tree. We're sitting there. We're set up good this time. We're set up. He's only flown north one time. We finally got around him on the south. We're 150 yards from him. And he flies a hundred yards past us out of the tree and lands. I'm like, I've seen you Jeez. land here five times, and we're sitting here. Decide to fly to it through the timber too, 250 yards through the timber, just like a bald eagle soaring out there. <laughs> right past us. I'm like, oh, well, once he's done, you got to kill this thing the first 20 seconds on the ground, or he's he just he ain't working. He ain't working your decoys. Yeah. Yeah. No. He'll gobble at you on the limb like a mug, but uh but those, those are ground, fun because yeah. yeah. Those are the fun ones because you remember those. I mean oh, that's yeah. you know, the ones that fly down just walk in the decoys, you know, you're like, well, you know, that's a good hunt. But the ones you really chase and you know, you're talking you know, you you planned out which way it's flown down every time and you know you just keep trying to go get him and you don't have any luck. I mean, that's the ones I remember. So Yeah, I told him, I, I don't mount turkeys, but I'm like, if I kill that sucker, I'm, I might mount him. <laughs> He's probably got half-inch spurs and a nub for a beard. But I'm like, I don't even care. Like, I, that's just 
he's been kicking my ass for so many years. And and then what's yeah. crazy, you can't strike that thing up. You can know where he goes. He won't gobble at all during the day. Can't strike him up. Nothing. It's just it's unbelievable. Once he's out of that tree, and then he don't he don't roost in that tree all the time. It's like a Sometimes he's either there or he's not there. And if he's not there, he, he ain't making a sound. You can't, I don't know where he goes, but uh, hmm. our biggest problem is the property lines, man. It, that's, I think that's every turkey hunters. You can, you can hear the birds yeah. you know where they're at. <laughs> you just can't get to them. You know, those damn fences are, you get to the edge of the fence. And you're like, well, this is kind of how far I can go. And you're just got to listen to them hammering over there. But yeah, you just need another hundred yards. I, while I was yeah. in Kansas last week, I mean, it seemed like if a bird was on public, when I set up on him, he headed to private. And I mean, or they were just already on private. I mean, it, that was my biggest struggle was getting a bird to be on the land that I could hunt on. Mm-hmm. That's that's where we're at all the time. They're just, if they're on the land that we can hunt on, they're already 150 yards from the fence line you know and if they fly that way you got about a minute and a half to get to get them you know i mean it yeah it just, it's just a struggle but they did plant that field homie so we're gonna see this season if they're up there on the north we got this theory around here that the birds aren't on our property until they plant the fields and then they plant the fields and i don't know the farmers say that they eat that those that corn and stuff that they plant, but I don't know with all the coatings and stuff on it if they would eat it. But yeah, one yeah, guy they do. To, he said that once it they plant it and it rains and it swells up, that's when they like to eat it. So we've noticed over the years that when it's planted early, the turkeys are there. When it's not planted, they're way far south. So we're gonna test our theory and see if it it happens this year. You know, I've seen several posts before that, uh, you know, turkeys people have got and they've cut their crawls open and they'd be full of that seed, you know, the coated seed. So, yeah, they eat it. They, yeah, so. the uh, the guy from Growing Deer TV made a video that I saw last year and um, the coating on there, um, he was calling it like a, a I want to say a neonictade, but he was just abbreviating it and it was saying neonic. And uh, they're saying that they're thinking they're it's doing something inside the turkeys to their digestion, and and that's why um, in some places like Missouri, I think is where he was talking about um, the population is kind of dwindling, and they're thinking that that's contributing to part of it down there because it's not like a whole legit grain seed that you would have, have had you know a hundred years ago to plant out there with all the technology and everything going into these seeds that that's contributing to the factors of of the turkey population going down. Yeah, I've heard that myself. Have you all seen a, a decrease in where you guys live with your turkeys? Yeah, I don't know. It's there it seems hasn't to get been worse a... and worse every year, and we're not killing any. Yeah, there just hasn't That's been a thing. lot here to begin with. <laughs> yeah, at least I mean, in, we're not. We're not right now. We're killing them like every third year. It seems like we're killing a couple, you know, mm. and then we got a couple bad years, and then we'll get another good one, but. I know that we used to have like no bobcats and now we have a shitload of them. I've been, I've seen them. He, homie's seen them. We're getting a ton of trail cam pictures of them where in the past we had none, no trail cam pictures. It was like cool to get a bobcat pick now. And now we're getting five, six, seven trail cam picks a year of them and then seeing some of them. Mm-hmm. So 
I know that's probably having some hurt to it. And there's a, we're an ag country. So people love to take out waterways and take out hedge lines and take out timber altogether. So I think that's another problem. We were talking about that the, the other day is around here. If you got a big block of timber, you got turkeys, you got a big block of timber and you got a Creek, there's turkeys there, but it's really hard. We hunt a lot of like really small kind of shitty blotches of timber for deer, which are good because they're overlooked, but for turkeys, they're not there. They're in those big blocks of timber. Um, but there, there's some public land around us. That's good. Like south of us, there's a bunch of turkeys on it, but they limit the tags so much. Only so many people can be on it. You can't draw a tag. I've tried to draw a tag and you just can't. I've never got one. So, and I mean, I live a few miles away from this spot and I've never been able to draw a tag on it. So, and that's another thing we have. We pretty much, I mean, we have no public either compared to a lot of other states and other areas in general we have combined within two hours of us we probably have five six hundred acres of public you know i mean really wow yeah it's, it's tough we're like i said we hunt a lot of really small they did start that irap program where they're starting to buy lease some ground from oh. farmers uh and i'm hoping that there was one county one one property in our county that you could turkey hunt on this year and i put in for to get the draw for the tag i didn't get it um but you can't scout the property so you don't know if there's birds on there or not anyways so and you have to say whether you're going to be there or not because they won't let you know where the property is until you draw the tag so hmm. i don't know if they don't want people out there you know you're not supposed to be on it unless you have an IRAP tag, you know, and you draw the tag for that week. So I did the same thing for the deer. I put in for the deer too. There, I think there's three county, three properties in our county, but you don't know how big the property is. You can't scout it. So they need some work on that, but they are trying to do at least something to get the access a little better for us, but it's, it's not very good. So, yeah, there's a lot of public land. Um, not everywhere I've went, I've been able to find public land, you know, somewhere or knock on doors. That that was pretty, I was pretty successful doing that. Um, that's something I haven't I done a lot. I haven't knocked on doors and asked for turkey hunting, and that's probably something I need to do. I think, like you said, around yeah. here, people can make money off deer hunting. They, you know, or they deer hunt in general, or they don't want people out there during shotgun season, or they don't like people in tree stands. There's always something. But if you're if you're turkey hunting and even if you had to bow turkey hunt like if you said hey i'm only going to use a bow i feel like you could you could scoop some some ground um but oh yeah something that we haven't really tried to do i'm always trying to look for somewhere to deer hunt i'm not thinking about <laughs> turkey until it's turkey season hey ask for both <laughs> you never yeah, know. Right. i i am the king of asking for permission on ground i i'm about about burned out every spot uh, with any <laughs> anywhere remotely close to around here <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm on the list <laughs> on a lot of places i'm on the list of like oh you know if this guy ever stops deer hunting then maybe we'll let you know but i've i've asked yep. people to lease stuff for 
five or six years straight. And I get a no all the time. I just keep asking. I'm just that guy. <laughs> all they do. Like, oh, here comes this guy again. See, I see him at the gas station. They're like, oh, man. Is that- <laughs> <laughs> hey, you never know. You got to ask. I mean, yeah, all they do is tell you no. One of our pieces that we got now, I asked for five years before we got it. So you never know. You yeah. just got to keep, keep pounding the pavement. And our last year lease, I asked two or three times. And then I asked probably two or three times a season that we end up getting it. And then she ended up messaging me. I was like, see, that's really? all it took. I just kind of had I just had to put her in her ear enough that she ended up messaging me and be like, hey, you want to lease this? I'm like, yeah, I've been trying to do it forever. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, uh, we appreciate you coming on. We don't want to take up all your night. Um, the last question I'd like to ask you is if you could do it all over again which i think you said you're going you're going to right you're gonna try to do her again yeah there's a i think i'm up to like 20 states now that i've actually got two birds in so uh yeah i mean it kind of gives me a direction to go so i thought yeah so if you could do it all again what is there anything that you would do different kind of your biggest takeaway well um, I wish I would have started earlier. Um, you know, that that's probably my biggest regret because those years are gone and I can't get them back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm just going to make the most of what I got left. Um, man, it's just, you used to have, really have to do your research on where you're going. Uh, all the, you know, there's so many different uh, regulations in every state. Uh, it's easy to get them mixed up. I mean, uh, especially if you're trying to do a bunch of states in one year you know you really need to do your homework on you know you need to start planning this year for next year don't wait till february and say well i think i'm gonna go these states right here um i had to i I, the reason i was planning so early too is just to save the money to do all this Uh, you know it costs a lot of money to buy all these licenses and tags and gas money and you know uh, so Everybody says, well, you must be rich. Well, I just save my money up. Every paycheck, I would put a little bit more back. And, uh, you know, when turkey season came around, then I had it all saved up and ready to go. So um, just do your research on it and uh, where you're going to go. Start saving your money right now. You'll have it paid for when turkey season gets here. And uh, you can just do all the, you know, you can – do all the homework you can online. I mean, there's there's tons of stuff out there online. I mean, people aren't going to give you pins right where to go to, but you can look at uh, a lot of these states have turkey harvest numbers by the counties uh, or units or however they're divided up. So you can find out which ones have the most harvest, and uh, that gives you a good starting point. At least you know you're in the right area, ballpark. And uh, once you get there, uh, I'll tell you what I really like to do. Um, I'll go somewhere on a high point or something, highest place I can find to start out. Listen, you know, first morning. If I don't hear anything or don't have any luck, uh, I've had more success driving around looking, you know, because you can cover so much ground. I mean, even if it's a place you're not not allowed to hunt on, at least if you can drive through there and see turkeys, you can say, all right, there's. I just saw two two gobblers over here in this field, you, you know you're kind of in the right area. Now start searching around that area to find a place that you can get onto to hunt. Knock on doors, maybe what's the closest public land that you can get to, and um, 
I don't know how many birds that I have found just by driving. I mean, yeah, boots on the ground are great. You know, you can get out and find scratching and all that, but you're only going to cover, you know, you cover maybe 10 miles a day or whatever walking around if you're going at it pretty good. But how many miles can you cover driving? I mean, you could drive in Kansas. A buddy of mine drove out. We drove all day looking for turkeys. We'd find turkeys. We'd pull over, find out who owned it. We'd knock on the door, call them, whatever we had to do. And eventually it did pan out and it worked for us. Uh, But I I feel like if we just threw our anchor out on one particular piece of land and stayed there, yeah, we might have killed a bird. But, uh, you know, I just... You just cover so much. I think you'll, the more ground you cover, the more successful you'll be. So, yeah, that's a good tip. And we've done that too. If you're, mm-hmm. we're having a rough day, we just kind of drive around certain spots. Hey, man, I could get access to this field. Might be turkey in it. I can get access over here. Let's go see that. You know, maybe there's a strutter over here. Um, we kind of do that big drive before we decide to go in and actually walk on the next piece. Uh, just because. You never know. I've seen strutters in weird spots, you know, and I feel like if you can catch one in that weird spot, it's a really killable bird. You know, he's out there looking for something anyways. So if you catch one out in the middle of a field or something, pretty killable bird if he's by himself or, you know, a pair or something like that. So we do that same thing. Um, I feel like I need to get some more. I need to knock on some doors for some turkey hunting. I feel like I could, maybe find some some good just need to get the deer um, off my mind and at least have a, <laughs> a decent place to go for turkey hunting but yeah yeah when i was in the south dakota trying to do my grand slam uh, i went to the black hills and i mean it's thousands of acres i had no clue where to go to and i would just pull over to a spot that looked good to me take off walking and i'd spend an hour or two walking around and just wouldn't find anything and don't know if I was just in the wrong area or what. And I just started driving around and literally just seen a couple of hens cross the road. I said, all right, I know there's two turkeys here. So I, the next public land, I mean, there's little private spots or, you know, scattered out throughout that forest. And uh, they were actually crossing onto the private. But uh, I just went on past that, got on the public. And uh, that next morning, that's where I went. And I was able to kill my bird. And that was just, they gave me the starting point, you know, to see those birds cross the road like that. And, uh, you know, it just, I could have been walking for, you know, maybe I didn't, wouldn't even got my grand slam that year, you know, if I just kept, stayed in the woods where I was at. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that's a great tip. All right, Billy, well, we appreciate your time. Appreciate you telling the story. I know our listeners are uh, going to enjoy it. It is turkey time of the year. Um, and, uh, excited for you to finish another one man uh, props to you for finding a passion and chasing it and you know making it to ha- make it happen so a lot of effort a lot of time um and there is a reward to it but you know the reward is is going to be i think it'll be better in 10 years down when you can still tell the story than it is right now you know you'll be you'll be really glad that you did it even Twice. more yeah down the road um <laughs> When you, when you get older so yeah i don't know if it's really set in on me yet i mean it's uh you know like you said it probably set in on me later on down the road but uh, 
Uh, it's just a good excuse to go hunting. I mean, I wanted to go turkey hunting. I didn't grow up. You know, I told my wife, I was like, well, I'm going to try this. So it was something that I had a goal to, you know, go out and turkey hunt more is the way I saw it. So Yeah, that's one good way to do it. You're like, I don't kill one every day. <laughs> I got turkey hunt a lot. <laughs> yeah, I got to go all the time. So, yeah, kind of justified me going all the time, I guess. So. All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode, talking a little turkey. Um, we wanted to have someone on that knew his shit, and Billy knows his shit, man. He's killing birds everywhere. Um, good dude. Um, make sure and follow him. Um, he's already at 20 birds for his next cycle of the 49 <laughs> birds. So he's going, he's going for round two. And uh, he said he just wants to keep doing this. He's hooked now. And uh, I can see why he gets... You know, he would get hooked, but hopefully you picked up a tactic from this episode that you can use um, this turkey season and uh, really hope you guys enjoyed it. Appreciate you listening this long. Appreciate you tuning in every week. You guys are absolutely incredible. Um, not like sure if he, say, not sure if Billy said it at the beginning, but uh, you can follow his journey at Turkey Hunting USA on Facebook. Oh yeah, we didn't say that. We're, we'll, we'll have a link down below. Homie will get that. I know he will. I didn't even <laughs> ask him, but he can nail it. Um, but uh, like we always say, always do the right thing. Try to leave a legacy. Um, we love you guys. And White Tail Legacy is out. <laughs>